Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we are going to be performing a fundamental stock analysis of Philip Morris International Inc., ticker symbol PM. So Philip Morris is a future dividend aristocrat contender. Since they were spun out from Altria in 2008, the company has had 14 years of consecutive dividend increases. Unofficially, including the combined entity with Altria, they have a dividend history that goes back with more than 52 years of consecutive dividend increases, making Philip Morris an unofficial dividend king. Currently, they also have quite a high dividend yield at nearly 5.9%. Philip Morris is also a positioned in the Fundsmith portfolio that's run by Terry Smith who has been sometimes referred to as the English Warren Buffett. And in interviews over the years, Terry Smith has spoken quite highly about the business. The company has been impacted by the war in Ukraine. Dating back to its spinoff just prior to the global financial crisis, Philip Morris's stock price is up at a rate of 3.5% compounded annually. Their stock price has been down since June of 2017. The business is currently trading in line with about where it was prior to the COVID-19 pandemic stock market drawdown. So far this year, the company's stock price is down 10%. Keep in mind that all of these returns are not including their dividend yield. Again, they have quite a nice dividend yield currently at 5.9%. So Philip Morris is trading for $85.26 per share, which is only about $3 over their 52-week low and down almost $30 from their 52-week high. Philip Morris is a very large business. They have a $132 billion market cap. For more background about the business, Philip Morris International is an international tobacco company with a product portfolio primarily consisting of cigarettes and reduced risk products including heat not burn, vapor, and oral nicotine products which are sold in markets outside of the United States. The company diversified away from nicotine products with the acquisition of Vectura, a provider of innovative inhaled drug delivery solutions in 2021. The firm has six geographical segments, the European Union, Eastern Europe, Middle East and Africa, South and Southeast Asia, East Asia and Australia, and the Americas. So Philip Morris does not sell its products within the United States. Altria is the name of the branch of the organization that operates exclusively within the U.S. Together, Philip Morris and Altria have a lot of well-known tobacco brands, including their flagship brand, Marlboro. Philip Morris International was incorporated in 1987 and is headquartered in New York, New York. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the Select 6 analysis, taking a checklist-style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Philip Morris based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis is still a work in progress and it's an opportunity to learn in public. It will continue to improve and get better over time. So with that said, let's get right into today's analysis. Starting off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the past five years to be above 14%. So there are a couple reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is going to return approximately what its underlying business returns, and these business returns are going to be captured here by return on capital. The second is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital, so by asking for 14% here, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off of the overall quality of the business. Philip Morris earns superb returns on capital, although they don't deploy a lot of capital into their business. The tobacco business is a very light capital, very high return industry with strong branded consumer products that are pretty well regulated and have strong barriers to entry, including lack of advertising capabilities. It's no surprise that Philip Morris is earning pretty exemplary returns on capital. Averaged out over the last five years, Philip Morris is producing 52% returns on capital. And in the last 12 months, they produced 60% returns on capital. So these are very, very high. 
Philip Morris's returns on capital are seven times better than the average publicly listed business. So this is a massive check here on metric number one. Again, the caveat to these returns on capital is that they're not able to deploy a ton of capital into their business. Next up for metric number two, here we're taking a high level overview of the cash coming into the business. We want their revenues, free cash flows, and earnings to have grown over the last five years. This metric is all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are gonna be up for a check or if even one of them is down, this metric will be an X. Over this time, Philip Morris has seen slight revenue growth, grown their earnings by about 50%, and they've also grown their cash flows by a little under 50%. So all three of these are up over this time. Even though smoking is going down globally, Philip Morris operating in a regulated industry has pretty strong pricing power and they're still able to grow their business despite declining tobacco consumption rates. So this is another check here on met this is another check here on metric number 2. Next up for metric number 3, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at Philip Morris on a per share basis. This is going to build off of our previous metric where we saw that their earnings grew. Here we're looking for 5 year earnings per share growth. And we're seeing just that. Their earnings per share are up nearly 50%. This is just about in line with what their earnings did over this time. This is indicative that their shares outstanding haven't changed very much. And that's just the case. Their shares outstanding are pretty much flat over this time period. Good to see that their profits are increasing on a per share basis as well. This is another check here on metric number three. And so far, we are three for three to start things off. Metric number four is going to be very similar. Here, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years. Over extended periods of time, a company's earnings and free cash flow should be about the same. And we're pretty much seeing that here for Philip Morris. And to get more perspective, we'd also like to see that on a extended time frame. So it looks like they're able to convert a lot of their earnings into free cash flows. Again, their free cash flows are up over this time and their shares outstanding are pretty much flat. So this is another check on metric number four. It's great that Philip Morris was able to grow these per share metrics and also earn very high returns on capital it means that the company is still growing and they're not doing so at the expense of only getting lower returns from their business. So, so far we are still perfect through four metrics. Next up for metric number five, we want their net debt, which is long and short-term liabilities minus cash and short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow that they produced over the past five years. This is gonna help us evaluate whether they're using too much leverage in their business or not. And we don't wanna be investing in overly levered businesses because in times of economic downturns, overly levered businesses are gonna be at the highest risk of poor outcomes. Philip Morris has been paying down their debt since about 2020 or so. Currently, they have about $23 billion of net debt. And over this time, they produced $45 billion of free cash flow. They'd be able to pay off all of their debt using their cash and only about two and a half years of free cash flow. It looks like the business is not stretched thin here and that their balance sheet is in a pretty healthy position. They're using pretty reasonable amounts of debt relative to their abilities to produce free cash flows. So this is another check here on metric number five. Then our final metric, the big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Philip Morris's average free cash flows to their total enterprise value to give us a yield above 5%. If this is the case, this will give us a slight risk premium to the risk-free rate of the 10-year treasury and potentially give us a reason to be interested in the business. We're using total enterprise value here rather than their market cap because total enterprise value is going to give us a more economically realistic picture of the business, more similar to as if Philip Morris were a private company by taking into account both their market cap and their net debt position. Currently, Philip Morris has a $157 billion total enterprise value, and we learned that over the past five years, 
they produced $45 billion of free cash flow, which means that they're producing about $9 billion of free cash flow in an average year. So when we divide their $9 billion of average free cash flow by their $157 billion total enterprise value, we get an average free cash flow to enterprise value yield of about 5.8%. That's better than both the rate of the 10-year treasury and that 5% metric we're looking for. So this is a check here on metric number six, and Philip Morris is a perfect six for six on our select six analysis. Also worth mentioning is that over the last 12 months, Philip Morris has produced about $11.5 billion of free cash flow. So to get a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield, when we divide their $11.5 billion of their last 12 months of free cash flow by their total enterprise value of $157 billion, that gives us about a 7.5% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield as well. So both on a current and an average basis, Philip Morris looks like it is potentially attractive based on their abilities to produce free cash flows. Then as mentioned, since being spun out from Altria, Philip Morris has increased their dividend payments for each of the past 14 years. Counting the combined dividend history of Philip Morris and Altria previously, they are an unofficial dividend king, having increasing dividend payouts going back 52 years. Additionally, Philip Morris has a 5.9% dividend yield currently, which is well above that of an S&P 500 ETF. However, it's easy to make mistakes by blindly chasing dividend yield or dividend track record. Instead, we want to look at the fundamentals of a business to see that they're healthy and supported and that the company will be able to sustain their dividend going forward. Here, looking at Philip Morris's dividend profile, it's no surprise that they've seen increasing dividends per share in all five of these years. At the same time, they've also seen increasing cash flows per share, and they've been able to support both their dividend payouts and their dividend increases in all five of these years. Even though they are paying out a pretty high percentage of their cash flows as dividends, given the factors that lead to a lack of ability to reinvest heavily into their business, it's likely prudent that they are paying out a lot of their cash flows as dividends to shareholders. So in a business like this, look for them to do more of the same that they've done in the past going forward. Finally, here we're using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair value for Philip Morris. So starting with their current free cash flows per share and using historical numbers based on their abilities to grow their cash flows over the past 20 years or so, if we project a growth stage over the next 10 years with a growth rate of 6.5% and then a terminal stage over the 10 years out after that, so projecting 20 years into the future, where their free cash flow growth falls to a rate of 4%, then even adding in their tangible book value, which is likely skewed by some of the buybacks that the company has done over the years. Then at today's prices, if you wanted a 10% rate of return going forward from Philip Morris, including their dividend payouts, that a reasonable fair value for the business would be about $91.5. This is based off of their historical abilities to grow free cash flows. This is just an estimate of a baseline for the future. You have to do your own homework here to understand if these assumptions are correct and if they're going to be applicable for Philip Morris going forward in the future. There are a lot of reasons why this potentially wouldn't be accurate, so it's up to you to determine this one way or the other based on farther research into the business. This type of analysis is not financial advice and it is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Please consult with the properly licensed and registered financial and legal professionals before considering any investment decision. So in summary, Philip Morris is a perfect select six stock. They check the box on all six of our metrics. They're earning extremely high returns on capital. They've grown their revenues, earnings, and free cash flows while keeping their shares outstanding pretty much flat. At the same time, the business does not look like it's overly levered relative to their cash flows. 
And when we compare both their average and current free cash flows to their total enterprise value, it looks like Philip Morris is potentially giving us an attractive risk premium there. Additionally, the company is an unofficial dividend king, and as a standalone business, they're likely a future dividend aristocrat contender. They are paying out a pretty sizable portion of their cash flows as dividends, which currently gives them a 5.9% dividend yield. That likely does make sense for this business based off of their lack of ability to reinvest into their company and fuel farther growth that way. Then finally, using a discounted cash flow model, using historical assumptions based off Philip Morris's abilities to grow their free cash flows over the past 20 years, we found out that you could reasonably expect about a 10% rate of return going forward from the business over the next 20 years with a fair value for the company around $91.5 per share. Keep in mind, this would include their dividends, so there would not be a ton of price action in their stock over this time if that analysis was accurate. But again, it's up to you to do your own homework and research this company in more depth to understand if that's truly applicable here or not. Again, this analysis is not financial advice and it's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Instead, it serves as a holistic and beginning understanding of Philip Morris based off of their fundamentals to help you determine whether it's worth your time to dig in and learn more about the business. So if you're interested in learning more about the company, I would highly recommend starting with their filings. You can read through their 10Ks to get a history of the business and its operational results. Management will also lay out some of the potential risks that the company faces, and you'll get a better sense of both the environment that the company operates in and their strategy going forward, which will help you understand both the character and the competence of management especially as they're dealing with things such as capital allocation. When you're done with that, another good resource to learn more about the business is to read through their 10 Qs and read through some of their recent earnings call transcripts to get a better sense of what the business is dealing with on a quarter to quarter basis. As a value investor, you're ultimately trying to research a business as if you're gonna own 100% of it and you can understand the essence of that company and truly understand all of its ins and outs and what matters and what doesn't matter for the business. As you learn more about the company, you'll learn more about its quantitative and its qualitative factors, which will help you come to your own conclusions of the intrinsic value of Philip Morris. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of Philip Morris International Inc., ticker symbol PM. If you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Philip Morris with me, and have a great day.